let's get you back to On the Map. Here's Dave Plyer. On the Map this week is Washington, D.C. The Smithsonian Institution is the world's largest museum, education, and research complex with 21 museums and a national zoo, shaping the future by preserving heritage, discovering new knowledge, and sharing their resources with the world. Anne-Marie Gilliland is from the Smithsonian Institution, and she joins me tonight. Welcome in, Anne-Marie. Thank you for having me. So talk to folks about how the Smithsonian came about. Well, it's a really interesting story, um, and it's kind of almost a mystery in some ways. So we got a bequest from a British scientist uh, named James Smithson, so hence the name Smithsonian, uh, and he left us his entire fortune. His parents were both wealthy aristocrats. Um, however, they were unmarried, so he kind of lived his life uh in the in-between spaces of society and uh, found his space as a scientist with the Royal Society, spent most of his life living abroad in Europe and uh, dies fairly wealthy. Um, his father was the richest man in England at the time. So he, he comes from really good money. He dies. He never got married. He never had children. He leaves his money to his nephew uh, who's a, a young man at the time, like in his 20s. But also then in his will, he says if this nephew dies and doesn't have any heirs, legitimate or illegitimate, so he's covering his bases, yeah. um, that the money will come to the United States of America to found in Washington, D.C., an institution uh, called the Smithsonian Institution for the Increase and Diffusion of Knowledge. And that's, that's it. Like, he doesn't say... Uh, you know, why he, he's done that. He's never stepped foot in America. Um, wow. Doesn't really have any strong connections over here that we're aware of. Uh, there's a few, like, tiny little connections, but nothing like, you know, his best friend move over here or anything. Like, he didn't, didn't have that. Uh, so we don't really know why he chose to do that. Uh, we can make some guesses, but he does that. The nephew dies six years after he does. And nephew's still in his 20s when he dies. Mm, wow. Never got married, never had kids either. So the money comes to us. And then we have to interpret what that means, an institution for the increase and diffusion of knowledge. And it, it's not spelled out in his will. Um, and so that's how you end up with where we are today. Obviously, <laughs> it starts a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He left a half a million dollars back then, which would be nearly 15 million today, which is quite incredible. And I know the castle, so to speak, the visitor center and offices came first. What was the first mm -hmm. museum that came about? Was it was it natural history or what was the first one? So it actually does start within the castle. So the castle does have a museum space when it first opens. Um, almost everything that the Smithsonian is today had some kind of genesis within the castle when it opens. So it did have an art gallery. It had a library. It had exhibit space in what is the Great Hall area. Um, but even though it's a castle, it's actually not that large of a building um, when you're trying to be a museum as we know it today. And it rapidly got outgrown. So the first museum that actually opens, opens next door, it's called the National Museum. Um, it's called the Arts and Industries Building today. Wow. And that opened not that long. Like, you know, it doesn't take us long to get to that point. So. Wow. 
Wow. Um, and there's 21, which is incredible. And I know that uh, Congress passed legislation in 2020 to establish two new ones, the National Museum of American Latino, uh, National Museum of the American Latino, and the Smithsonian American Women's History Museum. But let's talk about what's out there today. If I'm visiting today, what would you say the first places I have to visit? That's entirely up to you. Um, <laughs> all of our museums are different. Like, they all have different focuses. So, you know, you may be interested in seeing the moon rock, and somebody else may be interested in seeing um, the Wizard of Oz uh, ruby slippers. And those are two different museums. So it really depends um, on what you're interested in. Or art. We have a lot of art museums as well. So um, we do have a um, web page, a great web page, um, that you can help plan your visit on where you can go. Um, it's www.si.edu backslash visit. And you can start to sort of see what we have available, see which museum you want to go to first. Um, I will say the larger ones you want to plan at least two hours for. So natural history, air and space, American history, African-American, those are all really just big. <laughs> um, so you want to have a minimum of two hours. It, I would suggest a half day. Um, and certainly you can spend, you know, I've worked at the Smithsonian for many years now and, I still haven't seen everything, so I'm sure it's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. 1964 comes the National Museum of American History, probably mm -hmm. one of my personal favorites because I mean it's it is all about you know how we came about. And I thought about this like, boy, wouldn't that be one of the first museums that would have been built? But there was no; it was just the beginnings of that American history. So, what are some of the highlights in that building that are a must see? Oh, oh boy. Uh, well, it does have the Star Spangled Banner, so the song that inspired our national anthem, uh, which, bring it back to the castle, was originally repaired in the castle. So, wow. Um, wow. yeah, so that's there, um, and it's it's had new repair work since the repair work that was done way back when. But um, the Ruby Slippers, like I said, they just opened um, a new exhibit uh, about entertainment. And, I mean, they're opening new stuff all the time. So that museum went through a renovation not too long ago. Um, and they're constantly changing stuff out. They've got Muppets on display. They've got um, uh, a place where kids can go and sort of experiment a little bit called Spark Lab. Um, and the first ladies gowns are also housed there so that was always a favorite exhibit of mine growing up you can go and see the how um fashion has changed through the ages based on what the first ladies were wearing um and they just got um first lady jill biden's gown um yeah i saw that like recently like in the last couple of weeks and there's, again, 21 museums, two on the way, and a zoo. And it's really easy, folks. If you want to explore, see what you want to do, and plan your trip, go to SI. That's for Smithsonian Institution, si.edu. Anne-Marie Gilliland from the Smithsonian Institution, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Let's get you back to On the Map. Here's Dave Plyer. On the Map this week is Washington, D.C., 
The Smithsonian Institution is the world's largest museum, education, and research complex with 21 museums and a national zoo, shaping the future by preserving heritage, discovering new knowledge, and sharing their resources with the world. Anne-Marie Gilliland is from the Smithsonian Institution, and she joins me tonight. Welcome in, Anne-Marie. Thank you for having me. So talk to folks about how the Smithsonian came about. Uh, well, it's a really interesting story, um, and it's kind of almost a mystery in some ways. So we got a bequest from a British scientist uh, named James Smithson, so hence the name Smithsonian, uh, and he left us his entire fortune. His parents were both wealthy aristocrats. Um, however, they were unmarried, so he kind of lived his life uh in the in-between spaces of society and uh, found his space as a scientist with the Royal Society, spent most of his life living abroad in Europe and uh, dies fairly wealthy. Um, his father was the richest man in England at the time. So he, he comes from really good money. He dies. He never got married. He never had children. He leaves his money to his nephew uh, who's a, a young man at the time, like in his 20s. But also then in his will, he says if this nephew dies and doesn't have any heirs, legitimate or illegitimate, so he's covering his bases, yeah. um, that the money will come to the United States of America to found in Washington, D.C., an institution called the Smithsonian Institution for the Increase and Diffusion of Knowledge. And that's, that's it. Like, he doesn't say... Uh, you know, why he, he's done that. He's never stepped foot in America. Um, wow. They don't really have any strong connections over here that we're aware of. Uh, there's a few, like, tiny little connections, but nothing like, you know, his best friend move over here or anything. Like, he didn't, didn't have that. Uh, so we don't really know why he chose to do that. Uh, we can make some guesses, but he does that. The nephew dies six years after he does. The nephew's still in his 20s when he dies. Never got married, never had kids either. So the money comes to us. And then we have to interpret what that means, an institution for the increase and diffusion of knowledge. And it's it's not spelled out in his will. Um, And so that's how you end up with where we are today. Obviously, (laughs) it starts a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah, he left a half a million dollars back then, which would be nearly $15 million today, which is quite incredible. And I know the castle, so to speak, the visitor center and offices came first. What was the first mm-hmm. museum that came about? Was it was it natural history, or what was the first one? So it actually does start within the castle. So the castle does have a museum space when it first opens. Um, almost everything that the Smithsonian is today had some kind of genesis within the castle when it opens. So it did have an art gallery. It had a library. It had exhibit space in what is the Great Hall area. Um, but even though it's a castle, it's actually not that large of a building um, when you're trying to be a museum as we know it today. And it rapidly got outgrown. So the first museum that actually opens, opens next door, it's called the National Museum. Um, it's called the Arts and Industries Building today. Wow. And that opened not that long, like, you know, it doesn't take us long to get to that point. So. Wow. wow. Um, and there's 21, which is incredible. And I know that uh, Congress passed legislation in 2020 to establish two new ones, the National Museum of American Latino 
uh, National Museum of the American Latino and the Smithsonian American Women's History Museum. But let's talk about what's out there today. If I'm visiting today, what would you say the first places I have to visit? That's entirely up to you. Um, <laughs> all of our museums are different. Like, they all have different focuses. So, you know, you may be interested in seeing the moon rock, and somebody else may be interested in seeing um, the Wizard of Oz uh, ruby slippers. And those are two different museums. So it really depends um, on what you're interested in. Or art. We have a lot of art museums as well. So... Um, we do have a um, web page, a great web page um, that you can help plan your visit on where you can go. Um, it's www.si.edu backslash visit, and you can start to sort of see what we have available, see which museum you want to go to first. Um, I will say the larger ones you want to plan at least two hours for, so natural history, air and space, American history, African-American, those are all really just big. <laughs> um, you want to have a minimum of two hours. It, I would suggest a half day. Um, and certainly you can spend, you know, I've worked at the Smithsonian for many years now and I still haven't seen everything. So I'm sure it's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. 1964 comes the National Museum of American History. Probably mm-hmm. one of my personal favorites because, I mean, it's, it is all about you know, how we came about. And I thought about this, like, boy, wouldn't that be one of the first museums that would have been built? But there was no, it was just the beginnings of that American history. So what are some of the highlights in that building that are a must-see? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, it does have the Star-Spangled Banner, so the song that inspired our national anthem, uh, which, bring it back to the castle, was originally repaired in the castle. So, Wow. um, wow. Yeah, so that's there, um, and it's it's had new repair work since the repair work that was done way back when. But um, the Ruby Slippers, like I said, they just opened um, a new exhibit uh, about entertainment, and I mean, they're opening new stuff all the time. So that museum went through a renovation not too long ago, um, and they're constantly changing stuff out. They've got Muppets on display. They've got... Um, uh, a place where kids can go and sort of experiment a little bit called Spark Lab. Um, and the First Lady's gowns are also housed there. So that was always a favorite exhibit of mine growing up. You can go and see the, how um, fashion has changed through the ages based on what the First Ladies were wearing. Um, and they just got um, First Lady Jill Biden's gown um, yeah, I saw that. Like recently, like in the last couple of weeks. And there's again 21 museums, two on the way, and a zoo. And it's really easy, folks. If you want to explore, see what you want to do, and plan your trip, go to SI, that's for Smithsonian Institution, SI.edu. Anne Marie Gilliland from the Smithsonian Institution, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.